This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to Blurring Lines Podcast, episode 127. I'm your host, your name. Joining me as always, my co-host, his name. <laughs> hey, Peter. <laughs> oh, hey, you're, you're here. Okay, cool. Sorry, a little distracted, but you knew that. Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm in the middle of uh, doing a hard drive swap because I had two computers become essentially unusable. Mm-hmm. In the same day. Mm-hmm. And that's annoying. It, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I'm taking my old de- desktop, which has been a trusty, reliable thing, which I've upgraded over the years. A nice little old uh, HP Elite desk that I've had since, I think, 2015. And um, replacing, yanking the guts, which is just to say the hard drive and putting it into this little HP Pro Desk that I have had sitting around for a little while and uh, just swapping the hard drive. And right now I'm at the point where I have to enter my BitLocker recovery key into this machine. Mm -hmm. The recovery key is one, two, three, four, eight, 48 characters long. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm going to focus on entering that in for a little bit where, um, you, you, uh, ask me how it's going and all that kind of stuff. Tag, you're well, well, it's, it's kind of funny since, um, I am going to be working on this blog of, uh, that I'm going to <clears throat> entitle act like a CEO meaning okay. and all the things that you could do to make yourself more redundant so that you cannot be down kind of like oh. right where you are right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say something like work on high value things like working on your business, not in your business and not dealing with mundane stupidity like hard drive failures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no, it's, I, I was taking it in a whole different direction. I'm glad. Now I don't feel like a hypocrite. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, I'm at a login prompt. All right. And uh, it seems like it's actually booting. This is actually nice. You know, it is nice that uh, hardware detection uh, has come a long way since, like, the 90s. Plug and pray? Plug and pray, yes, exactly. Um, Now, this computer that I've translate you know move the hard drive into is definitely slower than the other one that i had Mm -hmm. um but it's probably sufficient for my my main you know day-to-day stuff just to you know podcasting surfing the web doing some email Mm -hmm. you know word processing and of course my weekly online role-playing deadlands and dungeons and dragons oh yeah so um, it seems to have enough video uh, memory to drive my ultra-wide display, so that's helpful. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so within a couple minutes, I think I'll be back up and running. It's like the network adapter is working, and it seems to have detected the uh, speakers. So I'm good. Cool. Back up and running. Very good. So here's the redundancy. <laughs> so here's the redundancy. So... We've got a couple of headlines if you want to discuss those. You mentioned oh. 
Always. School, schools must reopen this fall. My uh, my daughter is headed up to, to uh, back to university tomorrow. Uh huh. So that was a that was a quote from our president on Twitter mm-hmm. some time ago, and uh, I think it's kind of uh, interesting uh, because we're hearing uh, multiple reports now where schools are reopened and like within a week they're having to close down again and send students home because what do you know? People have COVID and it's spreading. What a shock. (laughs) So yeah, we also just had a staff meeting um, where the, um, the local uh, yoga studio where I normally teach, where I've been teaching for online, uh, they're going to be reopening, I guess next week. Uh, no, 10 days, 10 days from now. And it sounds like they're doing all kinds of things. And, you know, they're taking all the precautions that you would hope. So if it's, you know, I'm sure she's going to have folks who are ready to go back. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to just take the risk right now. Um, but because uh, my main concern is that we're just going to see another spike uh, as soon as schools start reopening and things, because I think people are just not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. But um, if it comes to pass that I'm wrong, then uh, I look forward to getting back and teaching there. It'll be interesting because the policy is that you have to wear a mask the whole time, which means that the teacher needs to be wearing a mask too. Yeah. So they got some clear masks. I was going to say, what, what about those like shield? Could you well, do face, face shields? Those will work to an extent, but that's mostly for like protecting you and, and others from like more liquidy stuff because you still have a lot of vapor room, you know, for it to escape, under, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also, if you're breathing it in, it's not giving you any kind of protection because, you know, if the particles are floating in the air, it'll just come right up underneath the shield. Mm-hmm. So those are really mostly to protect your eyes, you know? So, okay. Yeah. So to be, you know, to be best, you want to like have both the, uh, that shield and, you know, a mask. Mm-hmm. At all. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still doing CrossFit. You ought to see all the, we con- we're constantly cleaning. Yep. Um, everything gets sanitized when we leave and everything else. Which is good, but I have to say that sort of kind of sounds sort of like uh, taking your shoes off at the airport when you're going through security. Uh, it's not so much trans. The latest data we're still seeing is that it's not really transmitted that much by touch. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's great that you're cleaning things and it's good because there's other crap that gets transmitted by touch. Mm -hmm. But I don't think COVID-19 is predominantly one of those things. So, you know, again, it's like it's it's what's in the air. Now, there was also I also I saw a study this week um, that is questionable. It has not yet been reviewed, um, but they claimed that COVID-19 can live in the air if and be transmitted up to 16 feet away. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, you're in an enclosed space. Doesn't surprise me. Does mm-hmm. not surprise me that that could happen. So, yeah. you know, I'm really not, I'm not, yeah, it's like you got to keep your distance, you know, go outside where there's a lot of air and there's a lot of ventilation, stay away from folks, wear a mask. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. People are acting like it is or like they're, or that it's inevitable. So. Yeah. Well, that's our uplifting uh, 
um, you know, <laughs> uplifting uh, chapter for today. Well, yeah, I'll be glad when we can stop talking about it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be nice. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I heard uh, back in what February, they were saying, you know, like, you know, we're going to talk about COVID nineteen, and people are saying, no, every podcast has become a COVID nineteen podcast. And <laughs> we are no exception. So. But, uh, yeah. but that's not all we have to talk about. We have no. other things. We have other things to talk about. So. Uh, <laughs> Did you want to mention the wireless charging? Yes. So I am a user of wireless chargers, the Qi chargers. Um, mm -hmm. I've been using them as, uh, as soon as the, uh, was the iPhone 8 came out and supported that, I started using it. Mm -hmm. And I even had, at one point, I think it was for my iPhone 5, I had a battery pack that was also a wireless charger. Um, and I have, I have, a, I still have these guys. I have these little power port, Qi, you know, some little no name adapter I'm holding up to the, uh, to the camera for those of you who can see it. Mm -hmm. It's um, a little smaller than an, an, an Amazon Echo Dot, uh, about the same size as the lid on my 32 ounce Nalgene bottle. That's, uh, that's the size of this thing. And the problem I've had with these is like the phone is usually bigger than this. So I can't always tell that when you place the phone over it, if it's charging or not. Oh yeah. You blue, can't see the blue got, or yeah, yellow exactly. or whatever. It's got an indicator light, but you can't see it cause it's hidden. So you got to look directly at the phone. That's one people have, you know, one complaint that people have about those. And I think it's legitimate, but I also have a number of larger ones um, including this kind, which I actually like because it stands up and it's great for making things like phone calls, FaceTime or video calls, right? Holds it up. So that's the good news. The bad news is that, and this is again, no surprise here. Uh, Qi charging is less efficient than having the cables plugged in again. Mm -hmm. No surprise. It, however, apparently it can be up to like 40% less efficient. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're wasting almost half the power that these things are causing. And that was a little annoying, you know, I'm like, and of course they had to go in and throw the whole, um, to support these things. We're looking at having to perhaps make dozens of power plants around the world to support the excess power drain that these things are causing. Ah, yeah, brilliant. <sighs> I have one, two, three, four of these, five of these scattered around my house now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, granted, I'm only using one or two at a time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have one by my bedside. Um, I, have one, uh, I have two here on my desk because, hey, not only my phone, but my AirPods charging case supports it you know so i use it there too and uh yeah now i feel like uh an anti-environmentalist sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes, sometimes you don't you are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah wireless charging is a disaster waiting to happen yep uh, there so you thank go. thanks peter for killing my grandchildren yep glad i could help I mean, it just goes along the theme with everything else that I have for this week, which is everything is broken. I could have sworn that Mercury was in retrograde this week because everything, like 
everything decided to break within the span of around a week. Mm -hmm. You may recall last week, my Jabra Elite 65Ts stopped working. Mm -hmm. So I've shipped those off for replacement, being a warranty repair. Um, my AirPods Pro have been problematic for some time. We've talked about that on the show as well. Uh, but for instance, I would put them in, you know, and they're supposed to be, you know, like magic. You just open up the case, and by the time you get them in their, your ear, they've connected to, their to the phone and the calls are transferred. Well, that was very unreliable. Um, often what would happen is the AirPods would connect to the phone but not transfer an ongoing call or playback, which is great. So I put these things in. They go into noise reduction mode, noise canceling mode, so I can't hear what's going on, yet the call I was on is still going on on speakerphone. Awesome. I, can't, I can't hear it. Right. But, but meanwhile, you know, like, and, and it's like you're in that limbo phase where the call is being transferred. So people can't hear what I'm saying. I can't hear what they're saying. And then, so I would get to the point where I would give up, take the things out, start to put them back in the case. And then the, tr the call gets transferred to it. And you hang up on them. And I hang up on them. <laughs> or I just put it back in the case and the call stays active while the AirPods are in the case. <laughs> <laughs> So the final straw was two nights ago, um, I came back from teaching yoga and I was trying to dictate at my phone and it's showing like nothing. It's not hearing anything I'm hearing. And then I just happened to be looking through and I noticed that AirPlay was showing up and it was trying to use the AirPods even though they were in the case and the case was closed. <laughs> So I looked at it and it was showing that the right ear AirPod had like a battery of like 22%. So it had been going on for some time. So I took it out and reseated it, looked at it a few minutes later and it was at like 47%. That's normal because these things do charge pretty darn quickly because the batteries are so small. It's easy to, right? But then I looked at it again, again, about 15 minutes later and the battery was at 7%. <laughs> and like, okay, there's something wrong with this. So I called Apple the next day. I explained all the problems I was having. Plus people have been complaining constantly about the quality of the, the audio. Like, oh, we can't hear you with these. So I'm really hoping that this is what was causing the, you know, the problem. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I called Apple and since I have a, uh, the Apple care plus advanced, super fancy, ex you know, expensive, whatever, you know, I paid the price. Um, which by the way, listener, when you buy an Apple product, buy Apple care, just do it. Don't, don't think about it. I mean, if you just, just do it, it's, it's cost of doing business. Uh, but anyway, they said, well, we can uh, set up a time where you can have an appointment. You can go into the store next Tuesday, or we could ship a replacement and do the advanced swap where we'll charge you. We'll hold your credit card in case you don't, re you know, re replace it. I was like, yes, I want the advanced swap. Yeah. Do they, it. Could, they could have seen me next Tuesday, so I could have had an appointment with a genius store. <laughs> um, alternately, I chose the option where they do the advanced swap, and I got my replacement AirPods today. All right. They're also sending me a replacement case. That has not yet arrived, so I'm still using the old case. Mm -hmm. But it's charged up the uh, AirPods just fine, so, and they do seem to pair more quickly with the phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy about that. Oh, good. Yeah, so that, that has hopefully a happy ending. Um, but wait, there's more. A <laughs> uh, couple years, not quite a couple years ago, I bought one of the, um, the Sensate all-in-one cameras. It's spelled S-E-N-S-8. Right. 
and you and I were talking about cameras, doorbell cameras, monitoring cameras just this week. Um, the reason I went with Sensate at the time was they allow me to store my recordings either in Dropbox or Google Drive without having a uh, subscription and without having to have somebody else storing and analyzing and sharing my video with law enforcement, for mm -hmm. example. So that's why I went with the Sensate. And uh, it has been working pretty well. And it's got, you know, um, motion sensitive. sensitive. Um, they've had some bugs from time to time, but overall the app works fairly well. It's not um, HomeKit compatible, so it doesn't work with any of the online services, but it does use my phone's location. So when I trip the geofence, it starts recording on any events, and when I come home, it stops. Okay. Um, I, I have it set so that the front door is always set to record and alert on anything, so that way I know I get an announcement, bing, FedEx is here, you know, here's your mm -hmm. package, here's your new AirPods. Um, so that's nice, but about a month ago, I noticed that, I, and I have two of two two kinds. I have the all-in-one for inside, which I have in my living room, which, where placed properly, can actually see both entrances to the house, both okay. the front, front and the back door on the ground floor. I also have their outdoor light cam models, which has a very bright light uh, tied to a motion motion sensor and a camera. And so I have one of those in the front and the back doors, and those are just, you know, motion triggered. So um, they work pretty well, but I noticed that the indoor one had stopped working. The first thing I did is I replaced the power supply because it came with one of those standard little AC to USB adapter because it gets it's USB powered. Um, and I replaced that and it seemed to start working fine again. That's great, you know, because it would just like, it would just die and I would have to reboot it and everything would work again. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, I tried that again, and that stopped working. So I even, you know, even with a new power supply, so I'm, all right, well, it's not the power supply. So I did the factory reset. That didn't fix it. Um, I got it one time able to just, uh, you know, totally resetting it, got it to rejoin my wireless, saw it for an instant, and then it lost the connection, and that died. I'm like, all right, this is just not worth it anymore. So I emailed their tech support. A week went by, or four days, four days went by, didn't hear anything. Sent them another email, didn't hear anything. Connected online with their chat agent and explained everything to them. They're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll forward this to the engineers. Took another day, but they just replied today, and they said, send us your Amazon order number and, um, you know, your uh, serial number and your shipping address, and we'll, we'll send you a replacement. Huh. So I was like... Okay, I don't even know what the warranty is. I thought it was one year and I bought it in 2018, but they said that they would send me a replacement, so. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I'm not done. <laughs> As you may know, a few years ago, um, back when, um, you know, when Sam was working with me full time and we were still based out of Vermont, uh, I went on a splurge at the end of the year and bought a Microsoft Surface Pro 4 for myself. Mm -hmm. And Sam got the Surface Book. So hardware-wise, they're pretty equivalent. But, you know, like one is a tablet with a folio case and the other is a laptop with a detachable screen that can pose as a tablet. Um, the Surface Pro 4 has been kind of problematic and, like, it has, I mean, the Surface, it was a good effort, but I think even up to the four, at least, there were definitely some 
edges that needed polishing. Right. And so I just, you know, yesterday it was, I don't even remember what, what prompted me, but like uh, the display was starting to jiggle a little bit at times. And I think it's a software issue because like if I clicked on something, it would stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it would be hanging for a little while and it just seems to get sluggish. So I went online to see what I could get and trade for it and declutter will still give me 200 bucks for it. So I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just declutter some stuff. So so I got rid of that. I'm keeping the Surface Book because knock on wood, that one's been better. But mm-hmm. um, so in the span of uh, as many days, I'm repurposing or recycling two old computers that have they've had good runs. Mm-hmm. But now's now's the time. So yeah. we're replacing them with little newer things. And of course, you know, the advice I give usually is especially if you can't support your own stuff, um, you know, keep it under warranty and keep it new. Mm. Well, I can support my own stuff. I had backups. So, you know, I'm switching over and, um, you know, yeah, we're, we're, I'm back up in business now. So I'm, Mm -hmm. but I'm down to three computers that I use on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) Not counting the Chromebook, but I mean, to be, you know, to be frank, Two, most of the time, two of these things were just sitting in a closet somewhere, just not doing anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I think, well, are you, are you I, hope, I hope that that's all that's been going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How's that blog? How do you think oh. like a CEO? Well, so I want to, I want to frame it as not a, uh, a complaining session about CEOs as much as an encouragement for people who are in the CEO role to take it very seriously that from an IT standpoint and from their business standpoint, they have to be working at all times. If you're, I mean, if you're the CEO, you're going to be working at all times. So you should also take the steps that will allow you to work at all times. And that may mean that you have to either do it yourself or get your IT staff to put together the things that you need so that you can work whenever, wherever. At all times. At all times. And a CEO really doesn't have to have access to like specialized portals and things like that. The majority of that they need to be able to do is to communicate. They need to be able to write, they need to be able to read emails, and really, if I mean, if they're doing their job and they're truly in the CEO role and they're not, you know, writing tickets or writing documentation or, you know, write, the big thing is being able to communicate. So, in order to do that, you've got to have redundancies. You know, it's kind of like being a Boy Scout. you got to be prepared. <laughs> so, you mentioned as you know, as the dude in charge of your company, as well as your life and in IT, you just mentioned you have three computers. How many compute when everything's working? I, 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 sorry, I didn't count my phone, which you could argue is a computer. Well, no, I did, we're, we'll get to mobile devices. Okay. I didn't count my Chromebook, which I can use in a pinch. Uh-huh. I didn't count the server that I have in the basement. 
I didn't count my cloud servers that I have in my cloud infrastructure. And I also didn't cl- uh, count the laptop that the hospital issued me. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about mere mortal stuff. Cause right. Got it. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so how many computers that a regular person could use Amazon? They, they couldn't use that. I mean, not, so how many regular computers do you have access to work on a daily basis? Okay, so normal finger at my fingertip computers. Well, at your fingertips, or if you're working at your office, how many computers do you have at the office? Right, so I'm 100% remote now. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, part just paradigm is all distributed. So we all work from home or coffee shops or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I have a Surface, you know, Surface Book laptop, ta- laptop slash tablet. I have my primary laptop slash tablet, and I have a desktop. That's the, that's for Paradigm, and in, in addition, um, the the hospital has issued me a laptop that you know can VPN into their networks and do stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's four, which is I'd say a little excessive by mere mortal standards. Yes, it, that's excessive I, for a non-IT person. But I would say that most normal people should probably have at least two computers. Yes. One for work, one not for work. Mm-hmm. And work should have backups on hand, ready to roll in case something goes wrong. Right. Well, and and I would say if I were if I were a CEO in a company and I weren't the IT person that I am, I would still want two work computers. Even if it was I have my primary computer that I work on and then I've got this laptop over here that's connected to the network and internet and up to date so that I could, I could use it in a pinch. It's synchronizing, it's connected to AD, you know, whatever, email, it's alive. I could pick it up if I had to. It doesn't have to be the greatest thing, but it would be a backup. <clears throat> yeah. So, so for me, I have, I have four computers. That I, that I run all the time. I've got two at the office. I've got my standing desk, and then I've got my sitting desk. You could argue preferences there. You know, I mean, that's more of a preferential thing, sure. but there are times when my primary computer, one way or another, neither one of them are my primary, but one would have problems, and I could step over to the other one. And then same, same way at my home office, I have two computers. I've got my Mac that I'm on over here, and my other computer over here. Just like when we started this podcast, my Mac was not working well and had to be restarted. And really? Yeah. That's never happened before. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. So it has happened. So, Twice. <laughs> yeah. So if, I mean, really, you got to have two computers. I mean, like you said, even in that, in most scenarios, three, because it's a terrible idea to have your home computer and your work computer being the same unless you are a a very disciplined person and no family members are on your computer. In my house, nobody gets on anybody else's computer. So that's, that's not a, uh, that's not a problem here. Each of my daughters have their own computer. My wife has her, my wife actually has two computers. Okay. So we don't, uh, I don't have to worry about my kids playing games on my computers. They never have. Yep. So, 
that's that's me like I said but what your good point so then the other thing is email because one can argue that email is still the most important form of, of electronic communication there's plenty of others there's Twitter there's Facebook messaging there's LinkedIn messaging there's all kinds of messaging but where do those guys always fail over email Mm-hmm. You know, if you get you get a notification, hey Peter, you've got a Twitter, a, you know, a tweet. How do you get notification if you're not in Twitter? Email. But yeah. no, from a business standpoint, now I know that a lot of people don't want to use webmail because they don't feel like it's the same experience as Outlook. I disagree. Outlook web access is pretty darn good. Yeah, I disagree. I think that people are being stubborn because that's the way that they've always done it. But Outlook Web Access is a very good replacement for Outlook. Yep. For a number of reasons. One, the Outlook client crashes. The Outlook client has a limit on how many emails that it can handle. (laughs) (laughs) Outlook, the, it, your, your Office 365 account has a 50 gig limit. Your Outlook PST recommended file size maximum is 20 gig. <laughs> that, that's the huh. recommended maximum. Now, funny how those two don't match up. They don't match up. So it's way better to do the Outlook web access. The search is faster. Even, I mean, even in Office 365, the search is faster. Google is hands down the fastest search of my tens of thousands of emails that I have sure. than, than Microsoft. But, I mean, that's to be expected. Yep. Um, use webmail. Throw away Outlook. Forget about it. Because if you, it's exactly the same on every single computer. You Ooh. don't have special flags. You don't have special signatures. I would love to throw away Outlook, believe me. (laughs) Throw away Outlook. But, you know, a user, you know, you get on one computer, Outlook's set up one way. Well, you got to spend all the time to get Outlook the way that it was on your regular computer. And every time you go forward, I mean, as simple as your signature is gone. Mm -hmm. How can you... (laughs) Yeah. Now you can. These, the, it is possible to set set these up so that you have these um, settings getting you know replicated through through group policy and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Takes a little time, you know. But but yeah. But Outlook Web Access is actually a pretty good experience. Yeah. It's it's not as good as Gmail. I'll say that. But it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, I'm certainly, I, I, I use it when I can, um, but there's still some inconsistencies. There are still some things I can do more easily with the Outlook clients that I can't do with, you know, web access and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's all in all, Outlook is just, oh, I hate to use it. I use it because I have to at the hospital and that's it. Yeah. You know, other than that, I'm using a webmail client. Um, I actually in, um, that's right, we're going to talk about it. Um, um, In recent months, I pretty much switched back to the, um, just the default Apple mail client. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a bunch of filtering rules and stuff going on on the back end so that I don't get everything to my inbox. But I guess I've got my email 
flood toned down enough that I can get by with using just the standard mail client without all of the fanciness on snoozing and, you know, sorting and stuff that, that I thought I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have been lately testing hey.com, H-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got potential for sure, but the biggest thing that's keeping me from adopting it is like to use it, I have to, um, I, I, if I reply, it has to come from my email address at hey.com. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that because I'm on, on a trial. And after the two-week trial ends, if I reply, then the replies are going to go back to hey.com and I'm not going to get them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's got some potential. It's got some pretty cool features. And I like the, the biggest thing I like about it is like you screen first time senders. Mm-hmm. And if it's someone you don't want to hear from again, you say no. And it just makes an automatic filtering rule and just dumps their mail. Yeah. It's great. You know, <laughs> I'm really wondering is how long is it going to take until Gmail just appropriates all of these features. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, from an idealistic standpoint, the other thing that's nice is they also are, you know, you're paying for the service as opposed to it being advertisement sponsored and mm-hmm. data mining. So there's something to be said for that. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, back to your blog post. So back to the blog post, the redundancy. How many internet service providers do you have with you? Two. Two. Counting my cell phone. Right. All right. And I have a six, right now I'm at a six gigabyte, um, six, six gigabyte uh, data cap per mm-hmm. month. But I believe, I don't know if they're still doing it, that Verizon had upped those limits mm-hmm. during COVID-19 for everybody. So... Um, but I have that and I have Verizon Fios. So mm-hmm. if something bad was to happen, I could, you know, piggyback on my, you know, make a hotspot and use that for some time. Right. Well, and I carry, I carry two and a half, I say, um, because I've got, I've got internet at my home and then I've got internet at my office. And then I also have my cell phone hotspot. Okay. Uh, but my, my, I thought we were talking about single locations though. Because you can't use your home internet if you're at the office. I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got my primary internet at the office and primary internet at home, and that just counts for one in each location. But then I've got my cell phone as my hotspot that I can use if the internet is down at either of those locations. But then I also have cellular service in my tablet. So in the event that my cell phone doesn't work for one reason or another, a dead battery, broken, whatever, then I can use the internet as I can share the internet off of my tablet to devices. So that's why I say two and a half because they're both Verizon. If, the Veri- if I don't have Verizon cell signal, then I don't have either one of them working, but if either device fails, then I can also fail. I can use the internet on those things as needed. Plus I really like my tablet is a gigantic cell phone, essentially as far as like 
<laughs> reading mail and browsing and Facebook and, and everything else. Oh, well, in that case, I will, uh, I will up my count and say that I have, um, I have two and a quarter ISPs. Now your watch. <laughs> As I can get email on my watch. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. You, know, you can't, you definitely can't give it more than a quarter because the battery life would be. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you have to be sitting there recharging the thing constantly. But yeah. yes. You'll have to have your, your, your arm next to your wireless charger while you're reading it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. And then finally, do you have a UPS, a uninterrupted power supply battery on your computers? Yes, uh, I do on my desktop and I do downstairs on my networking equipment in the router. Mm -hmm. um, so both of those are protected. I generally don't have one on my laptops. Yes, yeah, same. Because they sort of have the battery part built in. They have a battery. I do sort of, I mean, they have it built in. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do put a surge uh, suppressor in front of them just in case surge happens in front of the, the laptops. That sounds like a t-shirt. Surge <laughs> happens. <laughs> surge happens. <laughs> but yeah, I, I put, I mean, I've got a big... Well, it's funny. So I've got a little Intel NUC now as my primary desktop at home. Okay. And my UPS is a, it's a big APC and it is, I don't know, 20 inches long. Yes. And eight inches tall and uh, about eight inches wide. So it's, it's about this, it's a little bit bigger than a cinder block. And then my Intel NUC is like a four by four by two. <laughs> You know, sitting on top of that. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that's the funny part. This thing that I've just replaced, the, the, the little small form factor, you know, desktop that I've just put in place is smaller than the external um, USB hard drive that's sitting next to it now. Mm -hmm. You know, the external uh, enclosure. So, yeah. Yep. So, Things are not always, pro not always uh, proportional. <laughs> but having the UPS... Well, I mean, if the if a storm is going to knock out your your electricity in your house or your office for a long term, the the UPS are really just a very short term solution to protect yeah. your gear. Make sure that your gear doesn't either shut down improperly or take a flicker and corrupt the hard drive and and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. It's short term. It's meant to get you to be able to shut your machine down. Mm -hmm. time so but you know that said a ups combined with a laptop is kind of handy mm -hmm. so. yeah yeah so of all of those things which one of them could not be handled by a regular person uh setting up a wi-fi hotspot can be problematic to mere mortals it can be um but, you know, just getting, sending your email on your own phone is hard, is not that, you know, not that hard. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know. I think you could, like, well, assuming you might need some help just doing the initial setup of a computer because some mm -hmm. people, some people need that. But, I, and I think then the next part is, uh, well, we talked, are we talking about separation of personal and work? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not very hard, I don't think. It's not hard, but the concept and the appreciation of it is unfathomable for many people. <laughs> so, so there's that. You yeah. Know? Um, but other than that, I mean, once your internet is set up and it's working, done. Uh, once your computer is set up and you get your software installed and configured, if you need help with that, done. Um, I don't think it's hard to do. I think it's just for some people, it's just hard to appreciate and justify the cost in what we're telling. Why do I need a second computer? I don't have a second car. Like, well, <laughs> what did you do the last time your car broke down? Oh, I had a rental. Well, how long does it take you to set up a rental car? Not much. You know, you adjust the mirrors, you adjust the seat, you figure out where all the controls are, maybe fiddle with the radio, and then you go. Mm -hmm. Computers generally not quite that easy. They still take a little more, even with syncing all your stuff. I mean, if it's a Chromebook, fine. It's, it's like yeah. that. And Microsoft is trying to move in that direction with Office 365 mm -hmm. and with, um, you know, with OneDrive. So kudos to them. But it's still not that easy. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's why having a spare, you know, a hot spare at your disposal is really helpful. I mean... If you've ever, if you're a business owner and you've ever said, we can't go down, I frequently find myself hating people like that <laughs> because, because they say that we can't go down, but then they don't want to do, you know, devote any resources to ensuring that they don't go down. Yeah. That's annoying. Mm -hmm. you and, know? and sometimes there's cost involved, but a lot of times it's just work. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's not, not that a, hard. It's really not that hard. So, all right. Well, I have a nifty today. Wow. You, you brought all the anti-nifty. Yes. You can bring <laughs> us the happy stuff today. So, our, our friend Clay Colwell, who does our um, intro and our outro for the podcast, he also, he's the safety instructor for uh, Tennessee Department of Transportation. And okay. He does videos for them. And this week's video is of him explain, uh, well, he starts it off, but kicks off the explanation of what a person should do if they hit a power pole. <laughs> and I actually, uh, I, I learned some things in there that I didn't think, uh, I just didn't, didn't think of. Okay. Like? Uh, like that if you, if you hit a power pole and the electrical line is on the ground, it is possible for the ground to be energized, meaning you can get electrocuted through the ground. You think, okay, well, the wire's on the ground. It's grounded. You can still get electrocuted through the ground when there's that volume of electricity. And they talk about how to, uh, how to get out of that ground, uh, that energized ground safely. It's like a three or four minute video. It is entertaining. <laughs> so I'll, I'll attach it to the... Uh, yeah, I mean, the unless there was a puddle of water on it, I guess I never considered the ground being, uh, you know, a conductor like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just when it has such a volume. So that's pretty cool. It's, it's a, it's a worth the, uh, uh, the... And and the actor is a little cheesy. But, I mean, when it's an educational thing like that, they got to be just a little bit cheesy. 
Indeed. <laughs> All right. What else we got? I think that I'm I'm good. As far wow. As if we had actually started on time, we'd be wrapping this up in just exactly an hour. Yeah. So yeah. Let's pretend we started on time. We'll pretend that. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, thank you very much. If you um, would like to uh, send us some feedback, you can find us at BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. Adam is also on Twitter at SublimeComp. I am on Twitter at Nicolaitis. Um, Adam's website, SublimeComp.com. One of my websites, ParadigmCC.com. That's for IT and security consulting services. I'm also at yogawithpeter.com. That's for, get this, yoga services. <laughs> and also personal blog is at nicolaitis.com. So if you can, if you find any one of those, you'll probably find all of them if you're looking for it. So um, send us feedback. Blurringthelinespodcast.com is the best way to do that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear feedback. We like to hear critique, criticisms, new topics. Uh, you, we even, you know what? Even if you want to disagree with us, send it to us. We'll, we, we want to hear it. We want to hear what we did wrong. Tell us. We want, we'll, it doesn't matter. Um, and on that note, I guess I'm ready to today to uh, push the big red button. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.